Okay, we're setting the mood. Yes, the vibes are right. We're here. We've started. Your couch is so cozy, by the way. Yeah, we call it the cloud. The, the cloud? Croissant cloud the croissant cloud. Because it kind of looks like a croissant. Uh huh. But when you lay down on it, it's giving, I'm about to drift away this <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I always start my movie nights like watching, right? I'm facing the TV. Totally. And then I'll turn because my couch is also like this, yep. right? And then I like slowly lean my head on the headrest, and then the rest of it, I'm just gone. <laughs> yeah, you want no hear, movie tonight. <laughs> you want to hear a story? So, one of my friends, we sometimes my friends and I who are like contractors will do like co-working days. So it's uh-huh. like we're all just sitting around on our laptops working on whatever we need to get done. Yeah. And I had just got on this couch. I was like, "Yeah, you can take the couch, like sit down." But I was joking. I was like, "Just be careful. It's so cozy." You might fall asleep. <laughs> and I went in the other room to take a call for like 15 minutes and I came back and she was in fact asleep on the couch. And she oh slept for like an hour and a half on the couch. That's great. Yeah. Sometimes you need a little like mid-workday nap. It's very true. Yeah. And she definitely got it. She, yeah. She got what she needed that day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> well, for those of you listening and you're like, who is Gabby talking to? <laughs> I am with my new friend Candace. She is an influencer here in Portland and I'm hyped to be able to share her and her experience and knowledge. She's just so well spoken and just someone who's awesome to listen to. So, thank you. What you're a welcome. What an intro. I know. <laughs> Got to hype them up. <laughs> yeah, I hope I live up to the rest of that intro. <laughs> I know. Okay, so tell us your origin story. Where you're from? you know, how you started to become working in the industry that you are and so on? Yeah, so I am a photographer and I work in social media and um, I do a lot of video content Mm -hmm. and all sorts of creative content stuff, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started, I basically started right out of high school and um, initially was just doing photography at the time. I was super into Tumblr back in like 2013, oh my gosh. <laughs> 2014, you know the vibes. Yes. And really was inspired by the content I saw on there and wanted to create it for myself and learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. My dad was a photographer, but mostly just a hobbyist at mm-hmm. the time. So he taught me how to shoot in manual, but he was mostly doing film. So okay. apart from some of that knowledge, I was sort of on my own to just like dive into YouTube tutorials and figure out how to use Lightroom on my own. Mm-hmm. And I sort of just developed my own style and learned how to shoot full frame. And from there, sort of use that knowledge to start pitching myself to local businesses in town Mm -hmm. and um one of them stuck and hired me and I had zero food or drink experience but if you know t-bar that's where I got my start which is iconic (laughs) Portland staple yeah so um I walked in within I think it was six months after Erica had opened the first shop Mm -hmm. and I just walked in as a customer and I was like this place is so rad I don't drink coffee Mm -hmm. so someone in Portland who doesn't drink coffee kind of an anomaly a little bit I am also that way (laughs) and then Emily was that way too I was talking to her about that and I was like what like I found my people yeah (laughs) I just like never liked the taste ever yeah and you know the caffeine hit is also kind of crazy when you're an anxiety girly. Yeah. But I just never enjoyed coffee. And so mm-hmm. it was tough for me to just be getting by on chai lattes all the time. Yeah. So walking into T-Bar, it was like, 
the it was like walking into Valhalla. Like I was mm. just like, this place is amazing. What do you mean? There's matcha and there's boba and there's all these herbal teas and you can make them sweeter, unsweet. It was like a whole new world opened up. Mm-hmm. So I was really fascinated. I wanted to learn more. And I think Erica saw that drive in me. And so she essentially was like, why don't you come and do our social? And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but (laughs) we'll try. Sure, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I spent six years there, like learning the ropes and developing a brand through social media with her. And it was like such a ride and I learned so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and it allowed me to develop the skills I needed to start doing it for other brands and for myself. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because I've seen T-Bar's presence and I feel like it definitely aligns with who you are mm-hmm. and like your branding. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I feel like there must have been some overlap like back in the day. Like obviously I was drawn to the aesthetic that she had developed in the shops, mm-hmm. but I think also as her and I sort of worked more closely together throughout those years Mm -hmm. there had to have been a little bit of like inspiration from both sides right like I feel like the more I worked at t-bar the more my taste for interior design developed as well as other things yeah um but yeah I think when you look around my apartment there's probably different aspects that you're like oh it's giving t-bar it is (laughs) yeah I like the color like the wood color (laughs) the cane like it's perfect yeah 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 (laughs) So talking now, let's do a little life update. Yeah. You were just in Sonoma. I was in Sonoma. How was yeah. it? It was great. Um, there's not a ton I can say about the trip other than like it was amazing to be in the California sunshine. Mm-hmm. We were visiting an old friend who we just haven't seen in a while and it was great to catch up with her. Um, Sonoma is a lot more popping in the summer, I'm hearing, than it is in the wintertime. Definitely. But (laughs) it was still fun to explore. Have you ever been to Sonoma? I have. And it's funny because it was before I was 21, which is... Oh, that's fun. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like, literally, Sonoma, for those of you who don't know, is, like, wine country. It's right next to... I mean, it's practically Napa. Um, But I went, still had, like, amazing food... Did a little spa day. I went with my mom and then my best friend and her mom. Nice. Like our moms are also best friends, which is oh, like love crazy. That. Okay. So yeah, it's it's really nice. So that was a really fun girls trip that I did. But that was ages ago. So I need to go back. Yeah, it's I mean, it's beautiful out there. It's there's so many hills mm-hmm. and you're just sort of like rolling along through. And mm-hmm. you know, as an Oregon girl, I just like any chance I can get to be in the California sun. Yeah. So it was good. It was a good getaway. Yeah. I'm from not too far from Sonoma, like an hour and 20 minutes from there, okay. like closer to Lake Tahoe. Um, oh, nice. and then I went to school in the Bay area. So I'm like very familiar with all of that, but like lived in SoCal most recently. Nice. So okay. yeah, now I'm here. Yes. Now we're here in the cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting shivering through the winter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I was, I was just telling, this is a story for the listeners. I was literally just telling Candace as I was walking up here. I was like, yeah, I had just gone on this trip and I was washing my tennis shoes because they were dirty from hiking. And I, it was sunny this weekend, right? Sunny, but like below 30, yeah. right? Yeah. And wasn't using my brain. <laughs> and washed, <laughs> washed my shoes inside. And I was like, oh, I'll put them outside in the sun to dry. Completely frozen solid. Yeah. The winters in Oregon... 
can be deceiving. Yes. Especially when the sun comes out because yeah. everyone runs out, wants to take walks outside, do anything so that they can get that vitamin D on their skin. Yeah. But you walk outside and it's 31 degrees and I know. it feels a little different than it looks like it does from yeah. the inside out. And I have this tendency, which I just should not have, but I shower in the mornings and then I'll just leave and I don't blow dry my hair or do anything. Mm. And like, obviously you see I have naturally curly hair, so I prefer to air dry instead of blow-drying anyways makes it frizzy but i'll leave my house with wet hair and i've been doing that and i'm like this is like i feel like actually i will get sick (laughs) i was gonna say i feel like cold maybe in your future yeah (laughs) that keeps happening i'm a little worried honestly i'm here for a rest day so maybe i will (laughs) just intentionally get a little sickness Okay, so I'd love to get into the content that I know you're super passionate about. And obviously it's content, but it's your real life. Um, Talking about wellness and mental health, I'm just curious what your journey was to discovering that you wanted to prioritize wellness in your life. Yeah, I think uh, there's multiple pieces of my life and like the journey throughout my life that I think have led me to be drawn to wellness and wellness practices Um, the first being, you know, I grew up in a family that was super open about mental health and talking about that. Um, I didn't ever feel growing up that I had to stifle or hide my emotions in any way, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I think looking back was a, was a big deal. It gave me an advantage of being able to cope with things as I got older Mm -hmm. that are difficult to talk about and to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think having that as a sort of foundation, uh, was really helpful for me. Mm. And then as I found social media and shared more of my life online, I think, uh, mental health is just a part of that discussion especially nowadays yeah we're learning more about the effects of social media on the youth especially um but just in general what not taking breaks from social media can do to your brain and to your mental well-being Mm -hmm. um i also think that you know we just see so much content that's aspirational and feels intangible in some ways that just isn't realistic, right? We've had so many discussions about that. And so I think from the jump, when I started posting more of my life online, I was really intentional about being able to have some of those hard conversations. I initially came online talking about like body positivity, um, Mm self-confidence because you know I'm a fat black woman in Portland Mm -hmm. and I stick out like a sore thumb and sometimes it's harder to feel confident when you don't feel like you blend in in some ways yeah and I just sort of had to use that as a way to almost fight or flight a little bit if Mm -hmm. I'm being honest right like you just sort of have to use it to your advantage and keep moving forward and so I felt the more that I shared my story more people resonated with it 
And now I feel like the story doesn't have to be limited to just speaking about my body. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about things that are really important to me, like mental health, like access to wellness. Um, my content now, I like to say, just encourages sort of like elevated self-care. Yeah, I like to encourage people to take care of themselves, to understand that self-care doesn't have to be like an expensive $40 smoothie from mm-hmm. Erewhon. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be. <laughs> yeah. We all deserve a little treat, but it doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. Um, and also just exploring my own personal wellness journey with, mm-hmm. you know, working out, incorporating fitness and movement into my life and what that looks like. Um, figuring out, you know, places I like to eat or be with people and be social with friends. We just came out of three years of having to be six feet apart from people. And so I like to dip my toes into different sort of genres, Mm -hmm. but I would say in general, that bucket would be like wellness and self-care. Yeah. And wow, I have so many thoughts after what you just said, but I think something that has made me feel like I really resonate with what you talk about and what you share, like you were saying, is it's, it feels so real. And I think that I myself get caught up in the, you know, putting on a filter for social media. And I think it's hard as someone who's creative, like wanting to, like it's a an expression of creativity, right? Totally. Like I enjoy taking pictures like I'm I work in the design space like that's something that's very curated mm-hmm. you're curating your life around like spaces and places and like making a lifestyle that you want to live as a creative person but I think that things can be taken too far like myself included and I in this past two years pretty much since I moved to LA I like hit a breaking point mm-hmm. when I was there and I was like I do not know like who I am like by myself, which is like literally what led me to start this podcast, just like exploring and like talking about those hard things. It's like, I feel like we're given so many messages, right? We're promoted content and you see the same people posting all the same stuff. So it's like, okay, well, do I need to buy that too? Like to be someone who fits in, you know, like how do like everyone looks so happy online and I'm actually naturally a really joyful person. Like I feel like I live my life with a very positive outlook. And so I feel like I'm blessed to have that, but I still do have a lot of really negative, hard days. And I don't think that I ever allowed myself that. And then I had to have this moment where I like stepped back and just had to completely detach and was realizing like I wasn't at peace when I was alone. Oh yeah. And I just didn't like, I just didn't know what filled me as a person. I knew what I thought was supposed to be filling me just from like what I've seen, like from other people, but I really had to detach. And then I remember I was kind of in the middle of that, like finding myself journey when I moved here and just kind of came across your profile and started following you. And you were so open about like anxiety Mm -hmm. and like needing to take space for yourself. And I'm like an extreme extrovert and I've always like, I'm at every event, I'm meeting a ton of new people. (laughs) Booked and busy. Yeah, like 24 seven. And I was like, okay, I actually need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been doing that. I've been doing it like from a mental stimulation point of view and like a creativity. Like I've been meeting a lot of people and developing relationships, which is part of moving to a new city but I wasn't taking time to rest and like 
Jen, I remember there was like this one story one day that you posted that completely like flipped a switch in my brain. Really? What was it? I don't remember exactly like what it was, but it basically like you were saying like, I realized I was like over committing it like in a certain time of your life and that you just need to like step back and like give yourself like peace and clarity. It's so true. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have that. And you yeah. just gave me the permission to do that. And I was like, as someone who's like an influencer who like is supposedly always out doing like these amazing things, so much of what you focus on is like just like who you are at the core and like making sure that your brain is healthy and your body is healthy and you're like you are where you're supposed to be and just like making your life work around the place that you're at and yeah. it just was so comforting to see and so that's like my yeah. takeaway from that <laughs> that honestly means a lot in more ways than one because as an influencer as a person who puts their life on the internet mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like you're just shouting into the void, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you're like, this is how I'm sort of feeling and I'm going to mm-hmm. post about it, but I don't know if it's really resonating with people yeah. or for how long it sticks with them. And so I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that it helped you, one, and that it resonated with you, but also that it influenced you in some ways to like really take care of you. Yeah. Because you know, we're all on a journey Mm -hmm. and it's going to look different every day. But I think the thing that social media does is it makes us feel like we have to have it figured out tomorrow. Right. And that we can't just enjoy the journey. Like it's almost like I have to have my apartment perfect tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I have to have my calendar full with fun events by tomorrow i'm also <laughs> booking a trip to europe tomorrow and everything is going to be perfect when i wake up because i'm putting in all this work to make it seem like it is yeah. and the whole point of life is to just enjoy where you're at mm-hmm. in the moment and of course like have fun things you're looking forward to but it's mostly about just growth and development is what yeah. life is about and i think i'm super guilty of getting caught up in what i th- thought social media had to be mm-hmm. right like I thought I was like oh maybe I need to get a Stanley Cup I don't know you know no, like, I hate the Stanley Cups can I just say it I, do. I will I never own one it. but you know what I mean yeah. where you're just like oh I'm seeing this seven different times in a row as I'm flipping through people's stories whether it's a Stanley Cup whether it's the Samsung frame TV yeah. whether it's the perfect apartment whether it's that teddy coat that every girl whatever it is yeah you it makes you feel like that's what you need. And part of that is media anyway, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we didn't have social media, that would be magazines and that would be commercials. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is there are so many outside influences at work that make you feel as though your life is never enough. Yeah. And I think I had a big shift and turning point in the last year even where I was like, I'm not enjoying the ride here. Mm. I'm going to wake up in five years and like, it's going to feel like a blur. I might be happy. I might not, but I don't know where I'll be or who I am if I don't Mm -hmm. take it day by day and embrace where I'm at every day. Yeah. And so I think for me personally, sharing that and sharing my mental health journey has been 
almost a way for me to keep myself accountable in some ways mm-hmm. as far as like how can I post my life on social media but still remain in the moment yeah how can I maintain an approach to social media that makes people feel included and not yeah. less than because we have enough of that <laughs> like, yes. frankly um and so you know I think it just really is about like finding people online that you really resonate with their journey and their messaging and they're adding something of value to mm-hmm. you that you don't feel like crap when you close the app every time you yeah. feel like you've learned something or you've gained something mm-hmm. when you open it and close it again you know yeah and I've even been working on like as silly as it is just unfollowing people and I never even gave myself the permission before to do that mm-hmm. because of the anxiety that comes along from the other end of things right mm-hmm. like so I'm like oh why did this person follow me you know and I don't I know even some people who have like unfollower apps so they see when someone unfollows them they unfollow them back that like that blows so my mind to me that yeah. people get so swept into that but I feel like for a while there I was just following a bunch of people that I knew who I wasn't even friends with necessarily and they weren't adding anything to my life they were making me feel worse about my body size like yeah. I've gained weight during the period of the pandemic and which I, by the way totally normal Literally yeah 90% of the we were just trying to stay alive for the last three years yeah like, bodies are gonna shift it's like yeah. yeah but like that and then I don't know just like not having clear skin like just I feel like the classic things that literally everybody deals with and then just like seeing I don't know comparisons to other people like from where you're from or like in LA you know that LA is like a boiling pot for people to be on crazy behavior just portraying the best versions of themselves Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I just can't do this. And I just had to like unfollow a lot of people. And it wasn't out of spite or anything. And I was like, I'm sure people are happy and doing their good thing. But I was like, for me, this is what I need. And I need to be involved in people's lives. Like, ex- like I want to be excited when I see something come up exactly. in my feed. Yep. So I've been trying to work on that. Just refining like what I'm intaking. But I do find myself in like... I don't know what if there's a term, but like the scroll hole, like mm-hmm. I just go down like a rabbit hole. Yeah. And like, I don't have TikTok. I'm such a boomer, honestly, with social media. <laughs> I was about to say that is me on TikTok. Yeah. Instagram, I can control myself pretty well. TikTok, yeah. I'll look up and I'm like, what do you mean it's been three hours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I literally I did that two weeks ago, and my brain just felt fried after. Like I literally walked away and I like looked up and I felt like I had a layer on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. When you're so sucked into your phone, it's so easy to just be there and like be thinking about all these little facets of your life that you have to change to be a certain way. And then when you step away from it and you like walk to coffee, you're like, oh my gosh, the air smells great. Mm -hmm. I'm in good company. That's another thing I've been working on is like not being on my phone when I'm with people. Mm -hmm. And even like I've been leaving my phone at home when I go places lately, which is like a new, like a challenge. I love that for you. But it's just been amazing and so I'm trying to be better generally about wellness but I think that I still have a long way to go which is fine because we all do exactly well and that's the thing is I don't the average person on social media is like in their 20s yeah you know that's the average age that is so young 
if you have it all figured out by the time you're 28, what do you do when you're 29, 30, 45, 86? Yeah. Like, the whole part of the journey is, like, living different lives, essentially. Trying new things. Putting yourself out there in different scenarios. Traveling. Just experiencing. And so I think even with, you know, the quote-unquote wellness journey... It is a journey and that Mm -hmm. things that work for you now might change, grow and adapt in a year, in five years, in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to lay the foundation of that, right? To have a mindset of thinking in abundance, have a mindset of thinking, you know, I need to fill up my cup so then I can show up well enough for others in their situations. But like... In terms of, like, the physical self-care stuff, like, face masks, facials, whatever it is, like, that shit doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. And I think the mindset of wellness, to me, is, like, the most important part. Mm -hmm. That you're taking care of your mental health, that you're focusing on clarity, um, and just sort of finding yourself in the process. Yeah. I read this great book called Clarity and Connection Mm -hmm. by Young Pueblo, and it was just talking about all of that and Mm -hmm. so I would recommend that for you and for anyone I can actually give you the book I have it in my house (laughs) it's great um but yeah just talking about all of that this makes me think too like with 2023 I feel I mean with any like start of a new year I feel like people set goals Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are around wellness or exercise or whatever Mm -hmm. like how or what advice would you give to someone who maybe has like set a goal or, you know, blown it out of the water, you know, second day and they're like, this is completely unattainable to set like realistic goals and maybe like what would be a good place to start? Totally. Um, I, over the last like four or five years, decided that I wasn't going to do New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. because of that exact reason. I feel like yeah. by day two, I'm like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. Or like, this feels so unattainable. I'm just going to be depressed if I'm like not doing this every day. I'm going to feel like I'm letting myself down. So I like to set what I call like soft goals, Mm -hmm. which are essentially things that are super attainable that will lead to healthier mindset or healthier lifestyle that you can still do. So like my soft goals are like make my bed every day Mm -hmm. or like, you know, hydrate a little bit more. So like carrying around a water bottle or like things like that that are just like it's obviously good for me. It gives me some sort of pattern. Mm But I'm not, like, going to tell myself that I have to run a marathon by March. Yeah. It's just, like, st- we need to stop. <laughs> it's we really, really unnecessary. We really do. Uh, so, yeah, I my thing would be go easy on yourself. And if you do want to set something to give yourself motivation, I totally understand that. And mm-hmm. I'm all about that. But set some soft goals. Set, like, three or four. Yeah. You know, I'm working on carving out a morning routine. And so I'm just like writing little notes to myself of that are is a morning routine that I think I could stick to that's attainable, making my bed, taking my supplements, mm-hmm. maybe going on a walk or stretching in the morning, like very soft, attainable start. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like come out January 1st, guns a blazing. I just can't do yeah. that anymore. <laughs> I know. I actually feel like this year I've 
never there was a second there I feel like when I was in high school where I was like setting like strong oh same and then I was like this doesn't make any sense (laughs) so then I was like anti any type of new year's resolutions would get like frustrated when I would see people (laughs) posting stuff I was like you're like take this down (laughs) you're not gonna follow through on this like what are you doing um but this year the way that I kind of approached it was like okay well you know I've New year is just about, I've been living in my city for a year. So like, what are things in my life where I'm happy where they are? Where are things that like you were saying, like soft for me, it was like smaller improvements that I could make that would like overall like brighten my days and, or just make me feel better, like overall as a whole. And one of them was like, I've started going to the gym more often Right. But I, I've never been like, I'm going to the gym every single week, this many days. Mm -hmm. Like I started my period today and I was like ready for a great (laughs) strong workout. And then my stomach was just killing me. And I was like, no, I need to rest. There we go. Yeah. It's the mindset shift that I've been working on. Like telling myself that it's okay to do those things. And honestly, I have a lot more rest days now than like I ever have. And I don't have a six pack, but I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I feel, like, excited when I want to go to the gym mm-hmm. or, like, if I want to do yoga or if I want to go for a walk. Like, nothing is ever forced anymore. Yeah. And so that's kind of been it, like, the mindset side of things, but then also the form side of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to the gym, you know, what are – I'm also lucky because I feel like I have a built-in personal trainer with Anthony. Okay. <laughs> so when he's in town, he can help correct my form. Yeah. But, like, figuring out, like, okay, what are workouts where I feel like I'm not quite doing this right? And how can I, you know, hold my body the right way? Like, if I'm doing an RDL, am am I, like, arching my back or is it straight? You know, like, what are the right things? Because you can really hurt yourself. So, it's been, like, little tweaks like that that I'm just trying to do. But I did set a goal that I feel like is unattainable. Like, how much money I want (laughs) to save this year. And I was like, oh, shoot. And now I'm, like, moving and doing all this stuff. Uh, and I'm like, that's out the window. But I don't know. When it comes it's to okay. money, I feel like having an abundance mindset is not a bad thing. Just yeah. thinking, like, this will come and go, but I don't need to hold it in my clutches. Yeah. I'm going to shoot for the moon. I'm going to have <laughs> some goals there. But if we make it, great. If we yeah. don't make it, we tried. Exactly. <laughs> and I... Yeah, like, even, like, right now, like, I really don't... I had a savings, and then I moved, and I went to my move. Yeah. And then other little things happened along the way, and then I traveled too much, and, like, I don't... <laughs> like, truly, like, I don't have a big savings at all. Yeah. And so, like, that's a thing, at least, is, like, I just want to work on that. I just want to feel secure in my day-to-day. So, yeah. small movements you like that. You still give yourself but... a little treat when you're building your savings. I know. <laughs> True. Give myself a lot of little treats. <laughs> exactly. Just a little something. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite ways to practice self-care? Um, my favorite, favorite way. So weekends, I do not work like on emails. I'm like away from my laptop. My mm-hmm. laptop is, like, shut and, like, put away. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, gives me a boundary between, like, working all the time. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't give myself that boundary, I will just work until I burn out. Yeah. And as a creative, 
you know, that's not constructive at all for us. Mm-mm. So giving myself a boundary where at le- on the weekends and definitely on Sundays, I'm just like much more quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my favorite way to spend a Sunday is literally just being at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get some takeout or some food with a friend, but I'm mostly at home just chilling on the couch. <laughs> just straight chilling. Um, but I also practice self-care in other ways. Like, you know, I go to therapy and for me, that's like very extreme self-care. It's self-care mm-hmm. that I feel like is a necessary right for anybody who wants it. Um, my therapist has been an amazing addition to my mental health journey for the last like almost three years now. And, uh, that's been a really big improvement. I also move my body like almost every day of the week which mm-hmm. is nice but like you said it doesn't feel forced yeah I feel like I've gotten in a routine that feels very good and healthy for me yeah um and that doesn't mean that I'm like breaking a sweat every time I move but like I'm going on a neighborhood walk I'll go to burn cycle I'll do some like stretch yoga mm-hmm. I'll do some meditation breathing like I'm doing something yeah um but yeah, I feel like those are some, like, three ways that I really love, three or four ways that I love to to show myself some self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I've been focusing on, like, having moments where I just kind of step away mentally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like movement is a really good place for kind of that detachment mm-hmm. from, like, racing thoughts. Totally. And so I found a lot of peace in that I've even like I always before when I would go to the gym and I'm not saying that the gym is what works for everyone because it doesn't work for most people um (laughs) but when I'm at the gym and I'm like walking on the treadmill I always was just listening to rap oh yeah and then like one day I was like I just really need something peaceful and I just put on some like really nice slow music And I was like, this actually just changed the game for me. Like being able to like dictate like how I feel when I'm working out. Like it doesn't always have to be this like intense, (laughs) crazy, you know, time. And like I sometimes won't even, I'll just walk for 30 minutes and I'm like, okay, this is enough. Like this is like what filled me today. But I think too, like I went to a meditation session this weekend actually that Emily hosted with This Is Woo Woo. And they led us through a guided meditation of, like, basically meeting your future self. Mm. And it was so nice to just sit and not think about what actually was happening in my day-to-day life right now. I was able to think about my future and my past. And I also just didn't think for a while, too. And I, uh, yeah, I think that those moments are so sacred to me now, realizing the type of I'm just, I'm very anxious and I'm always worrying about things and just wanting, like you're saying, to have things done tomorrow. And like, I used to pull all nighters to get things done tomorrow of stuff that didn't even matter. And so just reminding myself, like the importance of rest, like physically, but also mentally to just be, and you're just there. You don't have to think about anything. Yeah. And meditation is a really powerful tool for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked for a while, um, as like a marketing and content 
producer for a woman who was doing a movement and meditation like workout concept Mm -hmm. and so she had all these online workouts and then at the end you would meditate for like five to ten minutes Mm -hmm. and at the time when I started working with her I didn't meditate I knew what it was but it felt very woo-woo to me (laughs) um and I but I was also at a point in my career where I was like 24 and literally killing myself doing all-nighters just trying to achieve a status that I thought I could achieve by grinding myself to the ground essentially um and the more I was working with her the more I realized the power in meditation and the power in slowing down Mm -hmm. the power in breath work Mm -hmm. um and so meditation now is like a regular part of my routine. I don't do it every day, but at least like two or three times a week mm-hmm. at nighttime when I'm winding down. Mm-hmm. Also is great for sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're someone who wakes up anxious in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. Okay, so I know that I mentioned how I'm naturally a joyful person and something that I wanted to talk about and get your take on was um, joy versus happiness and joy being a state of being and happiness being a temporary emotion. And I'm just curious your take on that. Like, how do you foster joy in your life? Is it something that's like present or do you feel like it's more of like temporary states of being? To me, I feel like joy feels almost like a, I don't know, I feel like joy is sort of like a constant area in my mental health journey that I strive for. Mm -hmm. And to me, joy doesn't necessarily mean that you have to feel happy all of the time. Yeah. Because as someone who struggles with anxiety and depression, I feel like there are pockets of like happiness feelings that happen throughout the day mm-hmm. um but in general like living a joyful life internally to me can have a few different facets I guess yeah um I feel like we're thinking really deeply about this and I that's something that I needed to do mm-hmm. about like joy versus happiness yeah um but yeah I think you can live a joyful life without having to be happy 24-7. Totally. And I think there is a piece of, I don't know if I would say like it's media or it's like social media or it's just like outside influences, whatever that might look like. But I think there's like something underlying that gives us that pressure to feel happiness all the time mm-hmm. without zooming out and realizing that in general like our lives are full of joy and joyful moments yeah yeah I think that joy is constant you know like it's like you're saying like I can get in a fight with my boyfriend but zoom out and know that we're not going to break up because of that it's going to be something that's going to make us stronger and it's going to be something that we overcame and in the end of the day it's going to contribute to the progress in our relationship, right? And I can be joyful about the state of our relationship as a whole, Mm -hmm. but acknowledge the moments 
you know, that are hard happening, but like day to day, I'm someone who's content with where I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware, like waking up every day that I don't know what's going to happen. And just being like, well, whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm still going to be me at the end of the day. And there are still going to be people who love me and who pour into me. And there are still going to be ways that I can, like, express my creativity. And so I think that that's kind of how I have tried to lead my life is just, I think, just finding peace in who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that that took me, like I said, a long time. I found it probably two years ago now. But now I feel like I am a strong person and that doesn't mean that I'm the loudest person in the room or the right person all the time or get my way all the time, um, but that I'm confident in who I am. And it's okay to feel insecure, and there are moments to have those things, but I think that confidence and peace and clarity and joy all kind of are interwoven, right? Yeah. And once you start to figure out one aspect of it, another makes sense and another makes sense and another makes sense totally and i feel like there are pieces of those individually that can sort of run in the background while Mm -hmm. the others are catching up if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but when they all align i think that's when those like bursts of like feelings of happiness start to come through yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to align all the time because you can still feel joy even if they don't. I also want to talk about confidence. I know I just brought that up mm-hmm. and the importance of confidence and how to be strong and confident and not cocky because <laughs> I think that a lot of people think that being confident is being cocky and they are not the same thing. And that confidence is not the enemy of being humble, like how you can be confident and humble. I was talking to a good friend of mine from college recently and she was asking how I was and I was in a really good place and I was like, I, I'm doing really well, you know, here are these things that are going amazing and I'm really proud of myself for like pulling through on this mm-hmm. and she's like, you have no idea what it means to me to hear you say those words, like that you're proud of yourself and that you're confident in what you've done. And she's like, that's something that I'm working for right now. Like, I have always been someone to basically, like, discredit anything. Like, oh, no, no, it's not a big deal. Like, push my accomplishments down, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, our society has been trained to, I don't know, kind of hide who we are for the sake of, like, trying not to offend others. Like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. You know, I just won this competition or whatever. Like, no, be proud of who you are and like what you've done and you can share those things without other people thinking that you're you know have a stick up your butt and that you're all about yourself because that's not the case like we should be proud of the things that we've worked on and that we've accomplished and I think that we can also still be humble in that way and I think that not a lot of people give themselves the permission to feel that I think that a lot of people are worried that they'll come off a certain way and This is also coming from an extrovert, and so maybe introverts might feel differently. I think I've realized that as I've talked to more of my friends kind of about this topic, like not knowing 
how to find your voice or like knowing when the right time is to like speak about things or share about things but just like that your wins are important to share totally and I think you know if you're someone who identifies as a woman Mm -hmm. typically we have had to be the ones to shrink ourselves for the comfort of the many yeah it's not ladylike, quote unquote, to mm-hmm. be quote unquote bragging about your accomplishments, the things that you're proud of, your achievements, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's taken generations for us to outgrow that way of thinking. Yeah. And to say, no, hold on a minute. I work hard. I'm independent. I've achieved stuff. I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm allowed to say that it's cool what I did or like, you know, be able to have those discussions with friends mm-hmm. about where we're at and what we want to strive for for mm-hmm. the future. Um, and yeah, I think there's a big misconception about like confidence and cockiness sort of like being the same thing. Yeah. But I agree with you in that, you know, it's, I don't think that being confident is the antithesis of being humble. Yeah. What are your wins of the week? So I feel like in that same vein, I was sort of like, you know, it's been three years of a pandemic. Sometimes we wake up and it feels like the world is literally on fire. And sometimes yeah. we wake up and it is literally yeah. on fire. Um, I just think we're all a little depressed and it would be great if somebody helped us to recognize even the littlest thing that we were able to achieve that week Mm -hmm. and that we should celebrate that. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe I'm that person that helps people figure out what that little thing is, or it's a big thing, Mm -hmm. but you deserve to have your accomplishments shouted out and you deserve to feel praise for that. Mm -hmm. And you deserve to feel like it's special. Yeah. And I think there are times I know I've done at least where I've gone maybe months without really reflecting on like cool shit I've done yeah. or like things that I'm proud of. And so, yeah, typically every week I add a prompt on my stories and I have people answer something that they're proud that they accomplished. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get a little fun with it and we do like <laughs> unpopular opinions and um just like other things like that, but typically it's something that you are proud of that you worked hard on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like my audience really resonates with it. Like yeah. it's fun. It's a way to bring the community together. It's a way for us to celebrate each other and ourselves mm-hmm. and people write in everything from, you know, I just bought my first house to, I had five minutes alone without my kids and I felt joy for a minute. <laughs> like it's just yeah. whatever you're able to just accomplish for that day. And it's yeah. all so relatable because it's I so feel like relatable. we've been there, you know, or we know someone who's been there and we just deserve to like talk about it and like, you know, fluff ourselves yeah, up. Yeah, celebrate bit. each other. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some of the fun, more lighthearted stuff. Let's do it. Um, I want to talk about your personal style. How do you define your style? I, I still don't feel like I'm fully at the point where I've defined what my style is, mm. but I definitely have different 
things that I gravitate toward. I would say my style is like comfortable, neutral. I experiment with color here and there, but I usually always go for some sort of neutral foundation. And yeah. maybe a pop of color. Yeah. Um, but I really just like experimenting with fashion. I think when you're plus size, there's so much of that that's closed off to you. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, like if I see a plus size girly or guy who is dressed impeccably or who is just obviously having fun dressing for themselves and yeah. showcasing their personal style, that to me deserves like claps all around. Because yeah. not only were you able to like showcase who you are through your outfit, mm-hmm. you were able to do it as a plus size person mm-hmm. when clothing is just not readily available to you like that. So mm-hmm. that being said, um, yeah, I feel like my clothing style changes here and there, but typically gravitates around neutral, comfortable. I love layering. I love playing with silhouettes and textures and just having fun. I feel like I'm the same as you. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because I went from this like, colorful like you should have seen my closet (laughs) it is shocking the 360 that it's done in the last year but I have still have a couple of my favorites like I do have a bright orange fur coat that Mm, I will never get rid of it is my friends no like it is my one piece that I will always have it's just crazy I used to wear it in college sometimes like I would go to class in it I was in design right yeah but I was like okay I'm gonna do a little crazy sleigh you know and oh my god (laughs) I love that so I have like pieces like that I have like a bright like rainbow jacket But those are, like, it. Those are the two colorful things that I have left in my closet. Everything else is 90% black. Okay. And then I have some cream and some, like, tan beige. And that's, like, it. But I'm really into the, like, kind of modern, unexpected shapes in clothing Mm -hmm. or calling out, like, really cool lines. Almost sexy, but, like, an elevated Mm -hmm. sexy. Um... Yeah, I've been, like, doing that lately, and it's so much fun. And, like, just going all monochromatic has been a vibe. Like, this weekend I was wearing – I have this all black – I don't know if you call it, like, a jumpsuit or a Mm bodysuit. And then I had a black vest over it, and I had black boots on. I had my little black purse, and I was like, okay, I feel like a badass right (laughs) now. And I was like, any time that I dress this way, I feel so – confident Mm -hmm. and so powerful I'm like I can conquer anything and like especially when I walk into a design meeting or I'm on site with a contractor I make sure that I'm dressed my best because it literally changes my mood yep I feel like there is a lot of power in a good outfit yeah and I feel like a good outfit doesn't have to mean the trendiest or most expensive it just means what you feel good in yeah exactly and I Again, it goes back to the, like, you always see these types of things in your feed. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I'm not really into a lot of that stuff. Mm. Like, there's some fun stuff. Like, obviously, I'm wearing checkered right now. But, like, I haven't seen this, you know, in my social media, at least yet. I was like, I I hope you post it so that I can see it. (laughs) Yeah, I have posted it before. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay, how can I, like, be myself and, like, be different? Because... Fashion, like fast fashion these days is like terrifying how quickly things change over 
And I'm, I just can't keep up with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want some cool staples that make me feel awesome that, like, really, like, work well together. Yeah, I'm just so not about these, like, hyper trends anymore. I think as someone who is, like, an influencer and who gets, like, gifted clothing sometimes or it's feels like it's my job to just like always like look good or be on point uh-huh. I sort of just started rejecting that ideal around the same time that I started maneuvering my content outside of like body positivity and like fat like only doing fashion and outfits mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much more to personal style than just wearing what 15 girls got from like princess polly the other day yeah not that that's a bad thing but i'm just it's just not me and so i was like well how can i show up as my authentic self Mm -hmm. if i'm not even dressing like her yeah so yeah i think i agree with you it's i'm much more about collecting pieces that are interesting to me that i feel really powerful and really good in and that will work with multiple things in my closet yeah and it's like you don't want something to have a shelf like a short shelf life. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I know when I've bought those pieces, like you're at the store and you know <laughs> when you're buying it or you're at the thrift store and you're like, I think I like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, but you still buy it and then you just never wear it. And so I've been trying to catch myself in those moments. Like lately, like don't buy it unless I'm absolutely head over here, heels in love with it. Yep. Okay. I think that there are some good questions to ask for you listeners who are like, okay, I love what you guys are talking about. It makes sense, but I have no idea where to start. And so I think there's a couple of bullet points that I want to go through to kind of help you determine, you know, what your style is, what's going to make you feel powerful, you know, where do you even start to find those pieces? Um, The first question is looking at, like, what you own and asking what I feel good in. Mm -hmm. And then it's what do I always gravitate towards when I'm shopping? Mm -hmm. And I found myself gravitating towards, like, big trench coats. And before, when I lived in California, didn't have a need, so I didn't buy them. And now that I live in Oregon, you're stocking trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Every trench coat that exists, I have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Honestly, you can do a lot with a trench coat. My favorite hack is on the days when I'm like, not that you always have to look good, but we want yeah. to feel good in what we're wearing, right? So yeah. on the days when I'm like, I just want a sweat set. Maybe I'm going to the airport, yes. right? I'm not going to be head to toe boots down the house, okay? Yeah. But I want to feel good. I just pop a trench coat over that sweat set Mm -hmm. and suddenly the look is elevated. Yeah. And I'm getting compliments. (laughs) I know. And little do they know it's just the trench coat. I know. (laughs) I know. And I've been like, well, because I've now found my style, I will notice that I like get compliments on something that I'm like, this is just like a normal outfit to me (laughs) these days. But I'm hyped because I'm like, I'm there. Like, yeah. I figured her out. I know who I am. That's very like, true. Love the sleigh. Yeah. <laughs> and something else that helped me to figure out, like, what my style is was, like, words to describe my style. Mm-hmm. And I actually got this from another podcast that I listened to. And they were talking about that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Who do I want to be? Like, when I put on my clothes. And it's not mm-hmm. like I'm being the same person every day. Mm-hmm. But... Who do I want to be? And to me, that's kind of like cutting edge. Like badass, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be badass. I want to be classy, but I also want to be refined. And so it's figuring out like, okay, what are those like words? When you're looking at the clothes that you like resonate with, 
it's like, what do all of those things kind of have in common? Are there certain cuts of the clothes that you like? Are there certain fabrics? That, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fabric person. Yeah. I hate stuff. Like, I can just look at something and be like, that feels cheap. Like, it maybe it looks cute, yeah. but I will not feel good wearing that because it'll be uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah. And so it's like finding, like, okay, what's a word that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be words. Like, your thing could maybe branch out of that, but... But just like something generally when I'm walking into a store, does it meet these three things? And if not, like, is it something that I really love and is going to be with me for a long time or not? I love that. I do a similar thing, but with my like style icons. Mm. So people who... are they? So I (laughs) personally love Solange Knowles. Okay. Everything Solange wears, I'm like, yes, (laughs) I need it in my closet. And Zoe Kravitz. Mm. And I think both of them have different styles, but Mm -hmm. there's some crossover. And then I think they both pick pieces that are typically pretty neutral. Yeah. That have some sort of interesting shape, silhouette, texture. Mm -hmm. Some piece of that design is Mm -hmm. eye-catching. But it also feels very understated. Yeah. There's an Italian word that my dad would say all the time called sprezzatura. Oh. Which is essentially like effortless. Mm -hmm. And I think that is how I would describe my style is like, Mm. I want it to feel like she's very put together, but she didn't stand in front of her closet for an hour and a half trying to figure out what to wear. Even if I did, they'll never know. That's what I'm striving for. Yeah, well, yeah. it seems that way to me. I feel like you've mastered it. Thank you. So, from an outside perspective, <laughs> looking in. Um, there's two other points, too, to this that I feel like are really helpful when trying to figure out what your style is. And it's how does your style reflect your personality? And I actually really struggled with this when I was starting to dress more like monochromatic and neutral. Because I'm such a bubbly person. And it's funny because I feel like if you look at some photos of me, I maybe like give off a certain aura, you know? (laughs) And the orange coat. Yeah. (laughs) But like I am someone who's like so bubbly, but I also feel like I have a lot of these like really innovative ideas and I like to have, I don't know, thoughtful conversations. And I was like, okay, well, my outfits are thoughtful. Like they Mm -hmm. are put together. Like you can tell that they're, it, it wasn't just thrown together like it was something that was like okay she was intentional about this um and I think also too like I feel like my style reflects my creativity I think that it's like being able to wear something like a neutral that doesn't just look like every other neutral out there but it's like okay that's cool Mm -hmm. because it's minimal but yet it's still edgy at the same time and I feel like that's kind of like who I am as a designer and so I feel like my style really mirrors a lot of the work that I do and it just makes me feel really confident and really put together when I'm just like dressing in the morning and then going to work and like getting inspired and I'm like okay like I feel like I make sense with the stuff that I'm doing yeah so yeah yeah. and then the last one is what do I want my style to say about me I mean, I feel like in general, that sort of goes along with the keywords that you brought up, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, maybe I want to feel effortless in some ways, or I want to feel put together. Um, But I think as your style develops, 
it sort of helps you tell the story of who you are in yeah. some ways. And so, you know, maybe you want to feel eclectic some days. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to feel ease other days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can put together a wardrobe that reflects that. Yeah. Um, and even words that feel... Because we're all multifaceted, right? So yeah. it's like even words that feel like they may clash sometimes can come together in really nice ways. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when like your wardrobe or clothing is considered. Yeah. And you do not have like me and you have similar, right? We're talking about neutrals and yeah. whatever, but you <laughs> yeah. do not have to be defined to a box. Yes. Yeah. I think like you're saying, like we are multifaceted and so I would just say just do what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like at the end of the day, it's about you. You're not dressing for anyone else. Mm-hmm. That is my biggest pet peeve <laughs> yeah. when someone is like, who are you dressing for? I'm like, me. Yeah. Stop telling me that I'm not dressing <laughs> yeah. for me because I'm dressing for me and I could care less about any of the other people on the street. Yeah. And it's great to get a compliment. I mean, like, it makes me feel great. But, like, I just feel like the best version of myself or, like, I can prepare to be a better version of myself when I feel confident in what I'm wearing. Yeah. Like dressing for the male gaze in 2023 couldn't couldn't yeah, be us. Could not be me. <laughs> could not be us. <laughs> Do you see diversity and inclusion in fashion? No. <laughs> in, in a Quick. simple word, no. Um, I really don't. I yeah. really think that the body positivity movement uh, was on its way to doing that. Um, but speaking transparently, I think there have been pieces of that movement that have been co-opted and have just sort of run in the opposite direction, Mm -hmm. to be frank. Um, There is so much that I want to see happen in fashion that I hold out hope that I'll see, but I am not going to hold my breath that I'll see, if that makes sense. But I want to see so much more like representation when it comes to marginalized bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there there has been a start yeah but i think too many companies are patting themselves on the back just for dipping their toe in it bothers it (laughs) irks my soul it's really it's a lot yeah. yeah yeah i talk about this a lot with my boyfriend because he's mixed black and white and we kind of have this like sad running joke like oh the diversity box was checked today yeah. with this company. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, sometimes you can just tell it's so forced. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how do, how do we get there as a society, right? Like when will it just become normal to all be normal and just like living collectively and just appreciating everyone. And I feel like we're, we are getting there. But I feel like we're still so far away. We have so much work to do. And I think, honestly, in a capitalistic society that values beauty and thinness Mm -hmm. as beauty, I don't know if we'll ever really get to a point where fat phobia is not really a thing, right? Um, Or, you know, like racism in media is not Mm -hmm. a thing or the representation is where we need it to be. Yeah. I don't know that we'll get there to the way that you and I want to see it. Yeah. Because there are people who don't want to see it. 
Yeah. And that's just kind of how it is. And a lot of those people are people who have a lot of money and have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and are in charge of the media outlets that produce that content. Yeah. And so if, you know, a company doesn't want to buy ad space in Vogue because Vogue put a plus size model on the cover, unfortunately, Vogue has to go where the money is. Yeah. And so I think speaking currently, there is so much that we, you and I want to see mm-hmm. and that I'm sure so many of your viewers and my audience want to see yeah. um, that we might just have to try to do ourselves if mm-hmm. we really want to see it. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of the a lot of the changes that have happened in media and in representation and in movies, et cetera, have happened because grassroots approaches to that media have taken off. Yeah. You know, Lil Nas X being like a gay black man who sang a country song. Yeah. (laughs) Being like the number one hit for like almost a year. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. No. But then the minute that you do, it opens the door for people who want to do that same thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe people who want to do something adjacent to that. Right. And so I think we've seen time and time again that the representation opens the door for more representation, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the doors swing shut or start to crack, you know, just a little bit. So I don't know. I, I'm very hopeful, cautiously optimistic about Mm -hmm. representation in media and where that goes. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) It's, it's such a dense topic, really. Yeah. And I think, you know, deep down, I'm like, just burn it all and start again, yeah. you know, but it's just, yeah. it's just not how society works. Yeah. And, you know, my parents were always like, Candace, whoa, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, but no, listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. There's so much talent online and like, yeah. especially in like the young millennial, like Gen Z age range, like mm-hmm. there is so much that we have yet to explore. I think that in my personal opinion, we're becoming smarter and smarter as generations go, especially when it comes to like realizing when we're being sold to Yeah, that I have hope that we as a generation can sort of like turn away from the typical status quo and just sort of like make things that that we want to make and that we want to see. Um, and then hopefully as our buying power grows as a generation, brands will have to listen. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen some good turnaround. Like, I, you know, Abercrombie had a giant shift. Yeah, it's insane. And Victoria's Secret is attempting to shift. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how that's going. Yeah. Um, and there has been, you know, more brands catering to larger sizes. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely those sizes become larger mm-hmm. and larger, you know, in terms of what their offerings are. Yeah, it's not where I think it should be at all, but um, it's getting there. Without giving them a pat on the back, it, we're they're trying, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love these glasses. Thanks, I got them. 
a few years ago, I think from like the Food 52 catalog, like they have an online store. Oh. And they have like glassware from all these different places and mm -hmm. it's, it's either Food 52 or Bon Appetit. It's one of the two, but I think it was Food 52. I have so many, like, there are so many like little things. I'm like, oh great, I have to buy. <laughs> All of these small, <laughs> tiny things. When I was in your bathroom, I was like, wow, she really has aesthetic every oh, single God. thing. <laughs> I was like, it was just making me realize. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, literally, I know that I'm a designer, but I'm like, that's just like, it's stressful moving into your own place. Totally. Well, and you know, this took, there are a lot of pieces that came over from my old apartment. Yeah. And then this took like the better part of a year. Yeah. I did my apartment therapy thing in August. Mm -hmm. And before that, it was like, I kind of just started hit, hitting the ground running. But while mm -hmm. I was doing those screenshots of apartments, I was also like yeah. building Pinterest boards <laughs> of like shit that I wanted to put in this apartment. So yeah, it's slowly coming together. But I always feel like, I don't know if you're that kind of person, but I'm like, it's never done. Oh no, it's never done. <laughs> yeah. As a designer, it's never, I will yeah. literally be in my grave still designing my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay. So let's talk about your design style. Yes. What, how would you describe it? Um, I, I guess in two words, like minimalist, hygge, or haig mm -hmm. style. So I have a lot of interior design or like architectural inspiration that mm -hmm. I try to draw from, especially in this apartment. Yeah. Um, obviously looking around, you can tell that I'm into neutrals. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of like clutter around. Mm -hmm. I like to think that like everything should have a place in some ways. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of my like minor OCD kicking in in, yeah. in some ways. But in general, like I like it to feel like you've just exhaled a deep breath when you walk in here like that is the feeling I wanted to admit like when you come in here and it, the sun is coming through mm -hmm. the windows and it's very light and airy I just wanted to feel like <sighs> I did when I walked through here good my work it here is done it smelled amazing <laughs> this couch is boucle you got a nice glass of crisp water for me I'm like Ugh. <laughs> Samsung TV is setting the mood in the background. She is, yeah. <laughs> Pusato yeah. painting on the wall, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the world is just so chaotic outside mm -hmm. that I just wanted to always feel like when I walked in here that it was a safe space. Yeah. And that's how I want everyone else to feel when they walk in here. Mm -hmm. It's like it just feels cozy mm -hmm. and interesting still, but definitely more like minimalist airy vibes yeah so talking about cozy mm -hmm. i know you said you're like a homebody how is cozy totally. important to you and how have you kind of created that in this space i'm a big like sleep person mm -hmm. like i will nap on the weekends mm -hmm. sometimes on the weekdays <laughs> and i'm one of one of my soft goals goals this year was to like maintain a better sleep pattern mm -hmm. Um, because to me, it's so beneficial resting and recharging period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to incorporate softness into the space. Um, you know, there are a good amount of pieces that are just like rounded edged pieces. A lot of the decor has rounded or just sort of like interesting 
edges, the couch is rounded, mm-hmm. um, the, the armchair has rounded edges, mm-hmm. and um, just like softness, the boucle fabric in the couch that's still very cushy, the, the floor mats, carpets, rugs, even my bedding, I spent like six months trying to perfect the <laughs> bedding situation. Yep. Um, so that I didn't run too hot, but I was still like cozy. And so, yeah, I think there are elements of like actual softness from rounded edges to like literal soft, like carpets, Mm -hmm. but there's also just a softness in the colors that I use or the neutrals that I use within the space. Yeah. Um, I feel like it feels very natural. Most of the color that you see within is, uh, skews toward neutral or a natural mm-hmm. color like natural woods um the vase that's like sort of a burnt orange mm-hmm. the greenery from the plants um softer yellows that sort of thing so when there is color in the space it still feels like it ties in very nicely yeah i think you've done a really good job at layering different types of whites i think that it's hard mm-hmm. to find a good white and a good cream and to make it all work together but yeah. it's extremely comfortable and inviting and also just I think you found the perfect apartment like I don't think you could have found a more perfect place to live (laughs) yeah I definitely so I'm also big on lighting because as you know when you're in Oregon Mm -hmm. if you're in a north-facing apartment you're living in darkness like nine months out of the year yeah um so for me it was super important to find a apartment that had south facing windows Mm -hmm. so even on a cloudy day I don't even have to have the lights on in here if I don't need them um so that to me also sort of adds to that sort of like bright airy element Mm -hmm. obviously the walls are white the ceilings are vaulted that makes Mm -hmm. everything feel a lot bigger Mm -hmm. um and nothing feels too crowded or like you're just sort of like sinking in on yourself that's not what I wanted and you've like nailed it too with no I mean overhead lighting can like kill a vibe yeah but (laughs) it's great like I know one of we only have really one light on in here and then like the island pendants but everything in here is very warm white Mm -hmm. this is a tip for people who are buying a home or who are buying lamps or anything make sure that it's 2700 or 3000 k color temperature because anything cooler than that is like fluorescent yeah. and like horrible to live in but it's like extremely just like well lit but in a nice like dim chill like I could drink a glass of wine in here and yeah. just like doze off on this couch, <laughs> on the couch yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's also you know there obviously I can't do much about the lighting that came with the place I just sort of lucked out with what they decided to do but the lighting that I did bring into the space, I did want to make sure felt well-placed yeah. in terms of where it is in the room. And also that it felt sort of like warmer mm-hmm. and cozy. Mm-hmm. Where have you sourced most of, or is it from like all over, but like furniture, art, decor, like give us like the inside. It is from all over. Um, I would say nothing is too like unique or out there Mm -hmm. like there's some pieces from etsy Mm -hmm. there's you know this table's from like farm living Mm -hmm. and the credenza the tv stand is ikea 
Yeah. And so I think what I was trying it's a to do. great Ikea piece, I, exactly. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> whenever shook. I tell people it's Ikea, they're like, what? Yeah. And that's what I tried to do with the space was to, if there is something in here that's from like an Ikea or whatever, it's not so obvious. Yeah. Like I didn't, you know, I've got a mom dresser in there. Yeah. That's like obviously Ikea, but I've had that forever and I can't find something yet that I love enough to replace it with. Um, but I tried to find pieces that even if they were from the most generic, like home goods type mm-hmm. of vibe, you didn't immediately know just by looking at it. Yeah. And it still fit with everything else that was from a, a million different places. So yeah. like this table from Firm Living still goes nicely with the rug that's from Article, mm-hmm. you know? And so that to me was like, okay, I still want things to look um special Mm -hmm. no matter where they were from yeah you've done a great job of like layering thanks too i think like different you have like a chunky knit kind of cream almost gray Mm -hmm. rug and then there's the like boucle Mm -hmm. it's like cream and then there's the armchair that's like a linen white you know like there's lots of layers on top of each other but just like very elegant and like subtle like you're not you're not looking and like noticing all the differences. I feel like it all just works very seamlessly together. Yeah, that was the that was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> What's your dream home? Oh man. I go back and forth right now. I want something that's like city central, like not smack dab in the middle, but like it would take me 15 minutes to be downtown, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but it's far enough removed that I can have trees in my yard. Yeah. And I love right now the sort of like modern farmhouse look, mm-hmm. almost like Scandinavian mm-hmm. aesthetic. There is um, a villa in Canada, mm-hmm. it's in Quebec, called Villa Boreal. Okay. And it's this like gorgeous cabin inspired, mm-hmm. like almost A frame looking mm-hmm. loft farmhouse. And it's like to a T. What I would want out of a property. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. And I don't know if you watch like Black Mirror or anything. Not really. So there's a <laughs> there's a house in one of the episodes that's like literally inspired by it. So I was oh. gonna like shout that out if you uh-huh. had seen the episodes, but I'll show you a photo of it. It's it's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Um but I just sort of like that like minimalist farmhouse cabin energy that's like I'm super into that. <laughs> I it's so funny because I've designed a lot of properties like that. Yeah. So before I lived in Portland, I obviously lived in LA and I was working for an architecture firm, but we were partnered with a shipping container home company. Oh, yeah. And okay. so a lot of our clients were like Joshua Tree or like cabins and a lot of like most of them were Airbnbs. So they would be clad in shishugiban, which is like a charred Japanese wood. It's yep. like black <laughs> yeah. or like brown or like tan, you know, it's like yeah. perfect. And then the inside is like very minimal and like neutral and like minimal cabinetry. Like everything is kind of the same and there's like, you know, like a slatted ceiling Okay. and then like just cozy furniture. So I, I know you. the vibe you're talking about. Yeah. I need to show you a photo of the cabin. Because I feel like the exterior versus the interior of my house, it's going to probably be a little crazy yeah. when I eventually, <laughs> like, if I had, if I was able to build my dream home. But I have to show you my like Pinterest board at the end of this so that Love. you can sort of like get a vibe. Because I'm like, 
there's a piece of me that wants like that energy on the outside yeah but on the inside i want like a cool like 70s tiled mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. almost like la home style like kitchen yeah and then i want like a dining room that feels like tuscany Mm, okay (laughs) i'm like in my mind it works but i definitely feel like i'll have to do some more pinterest scoping to really tie it all together i have pinterest (laughs) unlocked because i spend insane amounts of hours on pinterest for my job so happy to help make any boards that you're working on my design style i feel like it always changes as a designer but like to my core i'm kelly worsler like mini baby Kelly Wurstler. I'm know. so into her work now that you showed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no, she's crazy. So you have to, I have her coffee table book, and oh, I will bring it over one time so you can look at it too. I need to see that. It's yes. like insane. Please. Um, but I just like a lot of like crazy textural layering that like should not go together, and you <laughs> had no idea. Like everything is just very random, but it works perfectly. It's like perfectly balanced. Just tons of like colors and like mixing like sharp edges with like curved edges and I don't know I think just doing stuff that's unexpected yeah I think that's like my style to a T and like I know that I have a very particular style and most people probably like don't like it or wouldn't gravitate towards it but I want to be the house like you know like mm. I'm gonna be the one throwing the parties yep I'm gonna be the yeah. one like I'm trying to have like a Met Gala themed wedding. Like yes. I'm a very extravagant person. I love it, and I want my house to reflect that. Yeah. But feel really comfortable. Like I do not want an art museum type of house. Like I want it to feel very cozy. But like, what's around the corner? Like I want people yeah. to want to explore, and so that's kind of like my dream. Architecturally speaking, I don't necessarily know. I feel like I'll just know when I see the house. Yeah, I do love all the historic homes in Portland. And I think that I could see myself living in a historic home, having like kind of this crazy eclectic contemporary, like funky style mixed with that. And like bringing in vintage furniture that's like two period, like with the home Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me, but we'll see. I don't know. Only time will tell. Yeah, I don't have money for that yet, <laughs> yeah, so I, I can just dream. <laughs> my crazy, eclectic, like, yeah. 70s kitchen and yeah. Tuscany dining room will probably have to wait another <laughs> decade or so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ugh. Well, thank you for sitting down with me. This was so fun. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on. This of was course. a great time. Yeah. Is there anything you want to leave listeners with, like, an exciting piece of news or advice or you need to read about this or know about this current event happening anything good or bad that people need to know about um okay well thank you so much for listening if you would like to keep up with me my instagram is at hey.candice and i'm on tiktok doing the same mm-hmm. and i have some exciting europe travel content coming up so oh if, if that's what you're into stay tuned for the spring i will be staying tuned <laughs> i'll be crying myself broke in my apartment self-care in europe that's the theme of the trip <laughs> love that for you well thank you for listening we're almost there bye